0: Another week of It's Just My Thoughts and I'm your host Mika Reeves. So we're in a new year. How was y'all new year? Was it good? I've had the craziest last few months. I plan to talk about it a little later but uh, this is how my new year started recently. Um, So as you know I'm a running uh, advocate so I was out going for a run just to start the new year because when I went to Mexico I really think that I gained um, weight from all the drinking and eating anything that I wanted so I wanted to kind of start the year really focusing back on getting back in shape or better shape and focusing on my running so I live you know um it's kind of majority white kind of Indian neighborhood um it's not that many black families that live in my neighborhood I think I've talked about that before and so i usually go for runs um during my lunch break or i'll go for a run in afternoons and literally i'm going for a run down the sidewalk of a main road in the city i live in so this particular day and this actually happened to me quite a few times but it was just i don't know but this particular day i'm going for a run i think it was around 12 noon I had on some shorts and a running shirt. And like, so when I run, I have like my run, my run pouch, you know, my running gear on all that. So I have all that on and I'm running down the street. So when I pass the Audi, uh, which happened there before I passed the Audi. And so um, I'm running and this, this white lady, she's leaving the grocery store and she, and so she sees me running down the road. I don't even see her at first. She sees me before I see her. And she immediately damn near takes off at full sprint to her car with her groceries and like jumps in the car and locks her door. And so what was funny about the whole thing in my mind, which the whole thing was sad, but it's funny because she actually scared me from, you know, just the noise of her running to her car and I'm just running down the road, tired as fuck. So I'm just looking at her like, what I think it's sad that a black person running down a road in running gear can really make somebody that fearful because there's nothing about me that's fearful at all. And I was just looking at the lady like, okay, and I just kept running. But in my mind, I'm like, I feel sorry for this lady, whoever she is, that you're in that much fear in 2020. Um, And I wasn't even looking in her direction or anything. So that was really bizarre. And that just happened to me like, uh, what, two days ago? And that actually wasn't the first time. That happened another time when I was running past the grocery store. And then if you go to the left of my house, it's the Lowe's Foods grocery store. And sometimes, um, cause it's walking distance from my house. Like sometimes if I wanna just go for a walk or, or I'm getting something small from the grocery store, I'll just go walk to the grocery store. And this happened a few times where, you know, I'm just walking down the sidewalk to the grocery store and you'll hear people lock their doors or something like that. So. It's really bizarre, really weird, but I hate that we live in a, we still live in a space and time where racism and fear is still there when, um, I'm probably the most, I don't know, chill person in the world, but I'm like, I don't really think I'm that fearful at all. Something to be feared of, but, um, you know, the fear is just in the matter of skin color. So I think it's sad that we still live in a space like that. And so that's really, you know, kind of how I started my year in a crazy way like that, just trying to go for a run. But so today I want to jump into some black excellence. And so my black excellence is not on anything in particular. I know with the beginning of the year, you see a lot of people setting and starting their own goals. So I wanted to first salute all of you listening today on starting your goals or setting some kind of journey for you for the new year. I also wanted to advise that... You know, things don't just happen tomorrow. You know, it could take you the entire year to accomplish whatever you're trying to accomplish. But, you know, the main thing is um, don't quit. Continue to stick with it. And goals can be revamped if needed. You know, a lot of times I you see at the beginning of the year, people have the ongoing joke that the gym is completely packed at the beginning of the year. And then it kind of dwindles out around March. And uh, sometimes I think it's because people set goals a little too high, you know. So if your goal is say is to lose 20 pounds, you don't have to lose 20 pounds in January. you can lose 20 pounds for the year. So it's just something to think about, but I still want to salute everyone for starting their 2020 goals and um, whatever it is and just continue to just strive for them and you can do it. So that's my black excellence for the day. It's for all of you. So let's see what have I been up to? I finally sat down and finished uh, Watchmen. That show was fucking amazing as hell. I also, um, have a new crush on Regina King and Yaya, uh, Yaya, that's Regina King's husband. Um, he, uh, he, that's a beautiful man. And, um, I just needed to uh, salute him, but they had amazing on-screen chemistry though. I mean, I could really see them as a couple in real life. So I'm just throwing it out there in the atmosphere, but, um, I really love to watch them. I've actually watched it twice now and, um, I loved it. I don't know if it's going to be here for a second season. I think this was just a one and done, but I feel like it could be here for another season. But I don't know if it could, but I feel like it could. I don't know. But um, so I want to jump into just my thought of the week and just, you know, what I had going on. And um, so I wanted to start with that. So I made a podcast episode on grieving during the holidays. I just made that about three or four episodes ago, maybe two episodes ago. And then I found myself grieving during the holidays. And this is literally something that for me, I've thought about a lot about um, when it comes to managing and how do you handle the different types of, you know, deaths when it comes to unexpected death or expected death. And is there a difference? I haven't had that many deaths in my family. Well, in my personal life, period. But, um, you know, when my dad died, I was 27, so I was still, you know, pretty young. And, but with him, even though he died unexpectedly he died at 50, um, he, you know, he had struggles with alcoholism. And so the last year that he was alive, you know, I knew that it was going to come to a point, um, that I felt that he was going to probably drink himself to death. And that's pretty much in in essence what happened, but you kind of could see it. Um, especially like, you know, my dad was like my best friend. So, um, even though I didn't like the fact that, you know, he had his struggles, I still talked to him every single day, um, pretty much of my life. And so, um, you could just kind of tell when he started changing as a person, as far as like, you know, just him as a person, you know, where Um, he would just be kind of out of it. And then I, I started feeling like, you know, that last year, our conversations started changing, like, as far as, um, things that I felt like he wanted to tell me because it was, we always had pretty decent conversations, you know, when he wasn't drunk, but, you know, I felt that last year he really was like trying to tell me things like he wanted me to come to his doctor appointments more and not just like sit in the lobby. He wanted me to actually, um, go to the back with the doctor and, you know, some of them were really personal conversations that he's never shared with me, but it's like, he wanted me to know all of his, um, inner workings or inner things that he had going on, all the things that he's done. And so that last year, um, yeah, I found out a lot of stuff with my dad. Um, a lot of things that he struggled with. Um, I learned that he struggled with depression and, um, how he felt as a father And so it was pretty deep. And, and these are things that like, you know, we didn't really even speak about. We, it's like, we just, I went to the appointments, I would sit and listen to him and I was still kind of immature in general, as far as like communication. Like I wish that when I listened to him talk or things like that, like I wish that I would ask him questions, but I was still kind of like in that space where I felt like this is my father. I don't want to say anything to be disrespectful. I don't, you know, I didn't want to cross any boundaries. And so, um, so I didn't ask any questions and I kind of regret that. I've always regretted that, like not having more in-depth conversation about like just how he was feeling, but I I don't think I was at a place to really have those type of conversations either. So that's probably why, you know, I, I I didn't really do that. Um, so when it came to him, um, I kind of knew in the back of my mind that, it was a potential of him not being here. Like I knew he wouldn't be here forever. I, I knew that. And I knew it would be sometime soon just because of the, the way his body was just breaking down. And then you could pretty much see that. So when it comes to um, my present situation, uh, my grandmother, um, who I spoke about, I think a few episodes ago, um, she passed away um, January 4th. Uh, so two days ago when when you hear that it will be two days ago. And, um, this has been for me, um, it's been a journey to say the least because, um, my grandma was 87 years old and she was, uh, you know, she lived a, a really long life. But the main thing for me was that, um, I think what people, especially in this generation, unfortunately, um, you know, I say all the time that we have a breakdown of the, of the black family, you know, because now you see like, you know, grandmas who don't want to be grandmas or want to be this young, hip version of a grandma. And my grandma was the epitome of uh, a grandma. You know, she showed us her love through, um, feeding us and, you know, caring for us. We We could always go there anytime we wanted. Um, and, you know, she was just, you know, really sweet to us all the time. And so for me, what I got from her, just for how I am, like one of my love languages is, you know, me cooking for you or giving to you in that way. And I know I get that from my grandma because that's how I received love from her. Um, you know, even times that I would, I would go there even as an adult, you know, um, all the way up, time, up until she, you know, just couldn't really do it anymore. You know, I, she would cook me whatever I wanted you know, whatever I asked for. And I think that she took pride in that, you know, in doing that. And she loved doing it. So with her, um, her journey, well, my journey with her, you know, as far as being her caregiver, it started last year. Um, she fell last year, around the same, around November so November of twenty eighteen, she fell. And thank God she didn't break anything. So but she was just really weak. So that led to her you know, um, going to a, be in the hospital for a little bit. She had a little bout in ICU and she came back to the regular part and then she ended up going to a rehab facility. And so, um, you know, all I saw was just how strong she was because she really wanted to go home and she did. And she did, she got strong enough to where she could go home and, you know, she refused a nurse. She didn't want, you know, she didn't want any of that. And I think when it gets to that point, Um, when you're, when you used to being home, you used to kind of like being on your own and she was so strong-willed, she really just didn't want, she just didn't want it, you know? So, you know, I did some things to where, um, you know, I gave her some, some extra care and making sure she had food, things like that. And so, you know, we did all those things not to get too, uh, into all her stuff, but, but, um, just in general, you know, with her you know last year she turned 87 and just in general she just getting old and you kind of just see like over time you know um her just getting smaller and smaller and um and just natural things happening so in november of of last year of 2019 she fell right before um thanksgiving and so she broke her back i think i spoke about that um a few episodes ago. And, um, so she broke her back and when she broke her back, um, you know, I had all type of emotions because I think everybody knows that, you know, when, you, when the elderly fall or something like that, or something gets broken, it's really hard for them to recover from that because it's, uh, they can't really do surgery and it's not really much they can really do. So I kind of started preparing myself, um, you know, for maybe this might, you know, be kind of the end or close to the end at this point. So I felt myself kind of mentally preparing myself, talking about it. Um, you know, I had some emotional moments, um, all throughout there. So then it led to, um, you know, I I always went down, like she lives a city over from me. So I always went, um, majority of the time, but you know, you, I felt like days that I didn't go, um, I started to have guilt, of like, okay, Mika, you know, even though I might call, you need to go, you know? And then, so, so when she had fallen that time, she went to the hospital, she went from the hospital to a rehab facility because they were trying to get her strong again, or maybe to where, you know, she would be able to go home. But I knew at that point that she would not be able to go back home because she was going to need, or if she did, she need a nurse at this point. She's going to need 24 hour care. So basically, long story short, she went from, from there to where she just started, um, declining more, um, to where she was put back in the hospital. And so when I went to Mexico, I was afraid. And so I kept telling myself to just try to enjoy my time, you know, gone because, but I was nervous at the same time because I didn't know, you know, she was going to pass while I was gone. And I didn't want her to pass while I was, you know, unavailable. And, um, so, so she was still here when I came back from my vacation and, um, you know, it just started going, you know, it just started going, I guess, like downhill in a sense to, you know, in essence, close to the end. Um, I think what shocked me for me was that even though I knew that she was, I knew at that point she was going to pass, you know, just talking to the to doctors and all that stuff, but it just happened so fast. Um, You know, one moment, literally, we're sitting there talking to each other. And then, you know, maybe two days later, she's unable to talk to me. And then after that, um, and that was Christmas, I think. um, I think when I went to go see her Christmas and Christmas Eve. I think that was, I think a few days before Christmas Eve, we talked. And then she tried to talk to me on Christmas but I couldn't understand I couldn't understand anything that she was saying and at that point she was kind of delirious and then after that you know when I would go visit it was just me just sitting and you know um you know looking at her and just kind of you know letting her hear my voice because they said that listening is the last thing they're they they're hearing is the last thing that goes so they say that you're able to hear and um and i think by far that was probably this has probably been one of the hardest experiences of my life and it was um and it was mainly because you're used to seeing this strong person and this beautiful person and you know when we look at our parents and our grandparents they're like superheroes to us and then to see them in this way um you know i don't know if i'm if i'm still tra- i mean i'm probably traumatized to be completely honest because when it, when i went pretty much every single day all the way to the end and um the friday when i went the last time um i literally when i came home i literally told myself that i couldn't go back anymore just because of the way you know when you see somebody transition from normalcy or normal breathing to where you see them just start transitioning and they transition and then they transition to where you can, you know, just with the way they're breathing and the way they are, that they're going to pass any moment. It's for me, it was scary as fuck. I've never experienced it before. You know, I've never really seen it. And so just to see it and be, and be around it, um, it just has been an experience. So, um, so I wanted you know, um, make this episode more in dedication to her um but also just talk about you know just the journey in general um and it's been a difficult one but you know I've been sitting here thinking the whole time um when I was younger I used to think that the that when it came to death that maybe when it's when it's unexpected that those are harder right because you just this is a shock you know And now after experiencing both, um, I think death is death and death is hard in general. And I think it's even more harder when you have to sit and watch it and just watch somebody, you know, basically slowly pass away. And that was just, has just been my experience. And, um, you know, it's really difficult, really difficult because like, even though, you know, it's coming, it's still just knowing that, you know, basically, you know, it's coming, but seeing it and being a part of it and experiencing it, I think it's just as hard as, you know, um, when someone dies unexpectedly, you know, so I don't know, but that was pretty much my, um, my thought of the week. I just wanted to, you know, let you guys know, um, cause I feel like this is my most transparent space and, um, you know, I just like to be honest about what I have going on in general. And, uh, that's actually what I've been dealing with. Um, it's been the, 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 the brunt of everything the past, um, two months for me back and forth to the hospital and back and forth to, um, to see my grandmother. So I am glad that, you know, she's now at peace, but, um, it's definitely been a difficult experience. It's made me think a lot about myself. It made me think it made, it's made me think a lot about just, um, you know, how I want to be remembered and, you know, making sure that I, that I do as much good on this earth as possible. That was one of the, one of the reasons why I started my support group was because, um, when you start, when you see death, it makes you start thinking about your own and it makes you start thinking about just, um, how you want to impact people and the impact that you want to leave on this earth. So for me, that's what I think about, um, a lot And, um, so that's all I really had going on. And it was just, it just came full circle when, you know, I did the grieving episode and then I actually had to use a lot of the tactics and a lot of the things that I spoke about during that episode. Um, I've had to use that in present day and, you know, a lot of times I've just been giving myself time to just be quiet and give myself time to think and process and I've given myself time to cry if I need to, and um, and all those things. So I've had a series of emotions, but it's been okay. And I and I've been reading my Bible, and um, you know, just kind of giving myself the permission to do whatever I feel like I need to do to feel better. So it's been um, this holiday season for me beginning in for Thanksgiving to now, it's just, it's just been, um, it's been a lot, but, um, I'm thankful to be able to, you know, to share what I have going on right now. And, um, you know, just keep my family and everybody in your, in your thoughts and prayers. And, um, I think that when it comes to just to finish off my thought of the, the week, um, I think when it comes to death, I don't know. I think, uh, I think both are really hard, Um, unexpected and expected. And I think grieving is hard Um, because you don't really know, grieving is such a, in waves, like even right now, like I've cried some and then I haven't cried. And then, you know, with the week leading up, this week coming, leading up to the funeral, like I don't really know how I'm going to be. Today, I'm fine. Like I'm fine to where I can sit and talk about it right now on this podcast. And then tomorrow, I don't know how I'm going to be, you know, And, um, so, um, I don't know. That's how grieving is. You just, you don't know. So I'm just taking it heads on head on and just seeing how I feel, but I don't know how I'm going to feel any, any moment, you know, but I'm just allowing myself just to feel. And that's what I'm doing right now. And that's what I've been doing. Just allowing myself to feel. And if I need to talk about it, I talk about it. And if I don't, if I don't feel like it, I don't. And so, um, so I want to also say that, um, you know, I thank you guys for listening to me today. Uh, why I talk about, you know, um, you know, my experience, I didn't want to be too, uh, dark and gloomy, but, um, but we'll still have another episode next week. Um, I have some good stuff coming up that, um, I plan to be doing in the next couple months. Um, you can always find me on Instagram at It's just my thoughts underscore podcast. And then you can find me on Twitter at IJMTPodcast. Like always, I thank you so much for listening. I thank you so much for listening to me today. And it's Mika here and I appreciate you.